Hello, everyone. Today on the Mind Melodies podcast, we are joined by Juliana Almos, uh, also known as Juju. Um, she has played in the U.S. Open and also for Mexico in the Olympic International Team. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say about yourself? Hi. Um, just want to say first, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a professional tennis player. Uh, this is my sixth season on tour, and I've played all the Grand Slams. Um including U.S. Open, as you mentioned. And then last year, I got to play the Olympics for Mexico in Tokyo. And uh, I'm top 20 in doubles. And I guess that's about exciting as it gets. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a pleasure having you. Um, before we get into like um, the mental health aspects of being a professional player, um, let's get started with an introduction of like where you came from. So when did you, like approximately, when did you start playing tennis? Um, I would just say I started playing tennis when I was around five. Um, my dad always wanted me to play um, since before I was born. And I, I think I was just going to, he was kind of going to throw me into that regardless. Um, I actually hated tennis until I was 11 because he would just like drill me all the time. And it wasn't really that fun for me. And yeah. I just wanted to like play games and enjoy it. But uh, I started traveling a little bit when I was 11 and I started winning um, tournaments and I got to go to professional tournaments and I kind of fell in love with the sport and I've loved it ever since. So you, you'd say like those tournaments is what made you want to become a professional tennis player or is there something else too? Yeah, I think um, we used to go to like the SAP Open, which was in San Jose. And then we went to Indian Wells to BNP, mm -hmm. which is still going on. And I think the fact that I just see the pros so close and kind of see them train and then win and I'm very competitive. And um, I liked to train a lot. I really enjoy working hard and I enjoy competing. And when I was younger, my parents didn't really have a lot of money. So they could only, they would only send me to tournaments if they thought I would win. And I think knowing that I knew I had to be good if I wanted to travel. And I really enjoyed traveling and competing. And I thought it was really cool that tennis could bring people together. And um, I think just knowing that I had to be good in order to play tournaments, um, that motivated me to be good. And I, I just really enjoyed the travel. So I think that motivated me to want to become really good at what I do. And luckily I get to do that for a living now. Yeah, of course. And as you grew up, you mentioned that they only sent you to tournaments that they would think you'd win. So what kind of pressures do you think came along with that? And how did that affect your mental? Um, there was definitely a lot of pressure growing up. It was always like, I have to win. And I was very confident as a junior, so I was, I don't want to say I thought I would always win, but I always thought I, I always believed that I had a chance of winning. Um, I definitely felt a lot of pressure from my parents just because it was like, if I lost, it was like, oh, are you sure you want to play tennis? Like, you know, um, but what I've learned is you, you can't win all the time. It's part of the sport. And I wish I had learned that a little bit more in the beginning, just maybe to develop my game a little bit better. But I think as you get older, you just learn how to handle different types of pressure and prepare mentally for practices and tournaments. Um, but I think what helps is even though my parents, I had that pressure, they didn't always travel with me because they couldn't afford to. So it was a little easier in that sense where if I lost, I didn't have to see them right, right. away. So that's nice, but uh, definitely did add some pressure. As you were growing up as a junior tennis player and like kind of learned and evolved into the player you are today, what were other kinds of challenges you faced and how does that compare to the different types of pressures you've experienced as a pro tennis player? Um, 
I think as a junior, you feel the pressure to let your coaches down or your parents down because you know that they're paying for everything. And, you know, they kind of throw that in your face a little bit. It's like, oh, if I'm spending all this time paying for your lessons, paying for right. uh, private lessons, um, for you to go to practices to send you to these tournaments, all these entry fees, buying you shoot, like tennis is obviously very expensive. It, it they kind of throw it in your face. And so that, that does feel pressure, but I think it, it kind of makes you feel useless because as a kid, like you don't have a job, like you can't afford to take on that responsibility. And I think as a pro, um, so I went to college first and so everything was paid for. I think transitioning from college to pro, that pressure comes in a little bit because then all of a sudden you are in charge of, of paying for everything and covering your expenses. Um, I don't mind it though. I like to be independent. Whereas where I was a junior, I was relying on my parents. So um, money is always a difficult one. And I think, you know, sometimes there were tournaments I, I didn't play at all just because my parents couldn't afford to send me. Um, so it's tough because tennis is, I don't know, such an expensive sport, but I think um, as a kid, if you can kind of take that out and just focus on competing and, and doing the best you can yeah. at your craft, I think, you know, those kids uh, tend to do pretty well. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit more to this transition from like college to professional tennis and compare and contrast the different experiences you had along the way? Yeah. So I really enjoyed college tennis. I played all four years at USC. Um, it was a completely different life for me when I got there. It was sort of a shock. Um, it, it was like a good shock though. Like everything was taken care of. You know, we had coaching, we had a physio or a physical, like a fit, we had a fitness coach. We had, um, a therapy, like sports medicine guy who traveled with us every week. We had like a psychologist we could talk to. We had tutors. Um, we practiced with new balls like all the time. And that was something that was so, so new to me and everything was taken care of. And it was, I think it was really nice. Um, for me coming from a different area, it was, it was nice because I felt like I could just show up and compete. And I had, I had all the tools that I needed to show up at my best. You know, I had a fitness coach. Um, I had tennis coaches there. If I needed a psychologist that was there, um, I had a place to do rehab, someone to help me if I was, you know, injured or anything. And so all I really had to focus on was myself and preparing myself as best as I could for my team. I think the hardest transition for college players is once you tra and transition into the professional life, you're by, you're traveling by yourself every single week. Whereas in college, you travel with eight girls and then all the faculty. So you travel with maybe like 10 to 12 people a week. And all of a sudden you travel by yourself. You're going to all these small countries trying to collect points. The tournaments aren't as nice. Um, you have to cover all of your expenses. So you're in charge of booking your practices, getting your racket strung, getting practice balls, um, booking flights, booking hotel. And, you know, the players at the top, they don't have to worry about that either because they have people doing this for them. And so I think it's hard for players who are just starting out and players who are leaving college because you have to learn to make this transition. But I think in tennis today, there's a lot more college players and I think what's really nice is coming from college, we all know what it's like to be on a team. And though, even though we're not all playing with each other every week, we kind of have created like a college environment. So a lot of the college players stick together on tour and 
we'll practice together and, you know, we'll travel together, room together. If someone needs help or extra feeding, because we don't have a coach, like we'll help each other out. So I think that's been very beneficial and I think it's helped everyone do well. Um, but I think the hardest part from going to college to, to pro life is doing everything with a team and then all of a sudden yeah. doing everything by yourself. Yeah. On the topic of like being on a team, you mentioned your top 20 in doubles. So how does, so you're very well versed in the whole process of doubles, like picking teammates, et cetera. So how would you say the process of doubles and singles and like the game in general differs in terms of like the pressure? Um, I think they're, I think they're both differ, they're different, but they're difficult in their own areas. Mm -hmm. Um, Singles, I would say is a little easier in the sense it's just you and you only have to focus on yourself playing well. And if you win or lose, it's on you. And that's one thing I really like about singles. Like if I win or if I lose, it's on me. Um, It's a little bit harder though, because you don't have, you know, a partner there to help you, you know, do tactics or plan or bring up your energy or, you know, if you're having an off day, maybe carry the team a little bit, everything is on you. Um, I think in some areas it's tougher because then you have to cover the whole court, but at the same time, I'm like, you have the whole court to hit into where in doubles, you have to focus a little bit more on chemistry. Um, You have to find someone that you work well with that you gel with. Um, If you're playing doubles teams, you have like, I, I think smaller parts of the court to hit into because now you have to worry about a net man getting past the ball past somebody. Um, They're both very different and difficult in their own ways. I think, it's hard to make it in both. I think the hardest part for doubles is just trying to find someone to, yeah. to consistently play with. I think once you find someone you, you do well with, you get along and you can travel many weeks on the road with, you'll tend to do better. But obviously starting off, you just kind of play with whoever you can and whoever you can get into the tournament with. Yeah. So when you've played doubles in the past, has there been any anxiety arising from relating or like arising from choosing doubles partners? Like, have you had any poor experiences with past double partners that put a lot of pressure on you, something like that? Um, yeah, so start, I got lucky. So when I first started off, I played with Desiree Kravchuk. Um, She and I played like some 15Ks together and we won. And so we gradually made our way up. And so um, we played 15s, 25s, 60s, literally from the bottom worked our way up. And, you know, played WTAs and we played each other in the finals of US Open last year. So that was really cool to see that we started at the bottom and, you know, could play in the highest level. But I think the hardest thing is just, like I said, finding someone because, you know, there gets to a point she was focusing a little bit on doubles. I was focusing on singles and then you play a tournament and you're like, okay, well, who can I get in with? And it's, it is stressful because you you want to play with someone you'll just get in with but at the same time you want to play with someone you can do well with so it is stressful I knew a lot of college players and a lot of girls on tour from college so I just tried to play with the people that I knew and people that I had good relationships with last year was the first year that I had a full-time partner and um, we kind of accidentally fell into it We, we committed to each other for three tournaments and we ended up making the quarterfinals of Australian Open here last year. And so we were like, hey, we're not so bad. Like, maybe we should just stick together. And so that's what we did. So sometimes you kind of find someone by accident. It definitely adds stress. But I think um, most players just try and lock someone down and kind of make it work because it's it's less stressful when you know who you're going to play with and you yeah. have a game plan to work towards and having to switch every week or every month. 
Yeah, and on the other hand, with the Mexico team for the Olympics, that's a much lighter team than just doubles, right? So is there a different kind of pressure from doubles and or from singles when you just represent yourself? Yeah, I think I think when you just represent yourself, there's not really any pressure mm-hmm. um, because, well, at least I don't feel any because you're just, if you win or if I lose and it's just for yourself, I think once you represent a country or a team, um, there's more pressure. And even like when I played at USC, like when you're playing number one, your team expects you to win every single time because you're the best player. Um, not even if you play one, but, you know, any spot, they could be like, oh, well, they're for sure going to win. So there's a pressure, you know, that you're expected to win or you beat yeah. that person last time and you don't want to let your school down either. And I think um, when I play when I played in the Olympics, I, I don't think I felt any pressure. Um, I think now I've learned how to deal with the pressure of representing my country. If I play Fed Cup, I just, I'm just very, I think I just see it as a privilege. You know, it's, it's a privilege to be there and it's an honor. And I, right. I just do the best that I can with it and um, just do the best I can to represent our country mm-hmm. and myself and my partner. And so I think um, being able to take on that mindset has allowed me to perform at my best And I think just going out there and having fun, you know, not thinking about winning or losing, just focusing on having a good time and playing my best tennis. And I know that if I do that, most of the time, the odds will end up in my favor. And and if not, at least I know that I did everything I could. So I think, um, yeah, I think it all has to do with the mindset you have. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a pro athlete, it comes with a lot of opportunities and sponsorships. Have you ever felt like these sponsorships impacted your mental health in any way? No, I don't think so. And I think that's because um, the companies that I've chosen to partner with um, see eye to eye or we have the same values. And I think they they respect me as a player and as a person. And I think, you know, they just kind of know what I always, you know, keep them updated and let them know where I'm at, what my goals are, how I've been doing. And, you know, where I'm at mentally and, and physically with my tennis. Um, but usually I've learned that being pretty open with people is is the best. And I think since I know that I've been able to align myself with companies that respect me and understand my values, it definitely takes away from the pressures. And I know that I know they know that I'm doing the best I can to represent myself and represent them. And so I think uh, that definitely takes a load off of me. Yeah. So you also talked about how you would have to travel to some small countries and stuff like that. So do you think travel, like, are you a big travel person? And does that help your mental health? Um, I love traveling. I think it's the best part of our job. And I also think it's the hardest part of our job. Um, it makes time that it makes time fly by faster, I think, because every week we're in a different city, but at the same time, it gets really hard when you're on the road. Um, I've been lucky that I have a lot of friends on the road, so it makes it, it makes it better. But, you know, there was one time I was gone for 14 weeks, a little more than three months and, mentally I was so burnt out and I was shot and like I hadn't seen he's now my husband or I haven't seen my friends I didn't see my sisters for a long time and it just like really gets to you and you know yeah. when you're on the road for a long time by yourself it, it's really really hard and you know if you're if you're winning you know you enjoy it it's fun um it does get a little tiring because you're playing so much but it's harder when you're losing and there's no one there to like kind of pick you up or keep you motivated. So um, traveling is definitely hard. I think just because we're alone so much Um, time differences play a little bit of a role, but nothing, nothing major. But I think 
Uh, I think that was something I learned last year. Um, my longest trip last year was seven weeks in Australia, and that's only because we had to do a two-week quarantine. But besides that, all my trips were at, at most five or six weeks. And I think that was why I had a good year last year. And I've learned um, just to have like a balanced schedule and, and to do what's best for my mental health. Yeah. So on these trips, how did you think you managed and coped with these feelings? Like even if win or loss, regardless, how do you think you managed it? Um, well, I think basically what I do for living is I lose once a week. I lose once a week for a living. So I think um, I could, I, last year was my, my best year by far. I finished top 20 in the world and I only won one tournament. So I think, and I played I don't know, probably like 25 tournaments. So I think, you know, going into it, you have to know, even if you're playing your best, you're not going to win every single week. Um, and it's just about building and it's all about, everyone says, trust the process. But I think as long as I know that I'm giving it my best and I feel that I'm getting better every yes. week, yes. Um, that I'll, you know, I'll stay motivated. And, you know, mentally, I just kind of do what feels good. Um, I love playing tennis. I I really like practicing. And um, if I feel like I need more, I'll practice up to four hours a day if I can get court time. And, you know, once I'm feeling really, really good and I feel like I don't need that much, maybe I'll just do an hour or two. And I just have learned to kind of listen to my body and listen to my mind. And I even hit a point last year where I was really burnt out. And I told my partner, like, hey, um, I need a few days off. And I took five days off. Um, I didn't do any tennis. I didn't do any fitness. I stayed in an Airbnb with some of my friends. And I just, I was in Madrid and I just, you know, was sightseeing, was eating good food, hanging out with friends and just really trying to enjoy my life. And then that kind of hit the refresh button. And then, you know, once I showed up to the tournament, I felt really good mentally. And then I ended up winning Rome the following week, which was my biggest title. So I think those five days were really important for me and really crucial. Um, and I think for a lot of players, no one would ever take five days off before such a big tournament, but I knew for myself. Um, that was what I needed mentally and I'm really happy that I did it so I've learned um, just to kind of follow my body and do do whatever I feel I need yeah that's fantastic um, that you can just like listen to yourself and have like the self-control and respect for yourself to do that for yourself in general what are some of the pros you feel that there are of being a professional tennis player um I think one of the pros is I don't have a I don't have to sit at a desk all day mm -hmm. um I really enjoy what I do. I think it's really fun. I think it's great. We get to see the world. Um, I get to do this with some of my best friends. And, you know, I think tennis is a really small window. It's not something you can do your whole life. And so I think it's, we're honestly just really privileged that we get to do this um, as a living. I just have fun every week. I get to spend it with my friends and I'm just really thankful that, that we get to do this. So, um, I don't know. I think that's the best part, just being able to to do what I love with the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there are any cons or no? Um, maybe if you want to get a normal job after, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't have any cons for for the life that I want to live. Um, I think I do think for some people it's a little bit harder to you know, be away from home so much or people get burnt out. And um, I think for some of the players at the top, maybe they do feel more pressure and they can't enjoy it as much in the, anymore. And maybe they don't play it because they, they love it. Maybe they feel pressure from sponsors or they're really good and they know they'll make a lot of money doing it. Um, but I like to think that 
everyone does it because they love it. And I hope that players can do it for that reason. Um, obviously everyone's different, but for me personally, I don't think there's any cons. Yeah. Just to wrap up here, can you go over some of your biggest achievements in your career so far? Just like humble brag. <laughs> humble brag. Um, I made the finals of the mixed open of the mix of the mixed doubles at us open last year. Um, I qualified for the year end WTA finals, which is only for the top eight doubles teams. I made third round of Wimbledon and French quarters of Australian. I won Rome, which is a masters 1000 event. Um, I was the first Mexican woman to win a WTA ever. And then also the first Mexican woman to win the WTA in Acapulco, which was also my favorite tournament before they canceled it. Um, I played Olympics last year, which is probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I guess being top 20. Well, yeah, you're killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Do you have any advice for young athletes that are coming after you? that are aspiring to be professional athletes? Um, My advice would be to love it. And you have Mm -hmm. to love the journey and you have to embrace the grind. Um, Because at the end of the day, if you really think about it, you're going to be spending more time practicing and preparing for matches than you actually spend playing matches and playing tournaments and winning. And so you have to to love that part. And um, I think just, yeah, just enjoy it, work hard and and always believe that, that you can do it. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who say you can't, but I think as long as you think you can, you can. And, you know, there's, there's really no time limit, you know, just go and go as far as you can for as long as you can. Yeah. Okay. It was, that's all the questions I have for you today. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, really cool seeing how big tennis actually gets, but yeah. Thank you for coming on and speaking a little bit about yourself. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out the link in the description to the Mind Maladies website. See you guys in the next episode.